0: So, um, God gave me the words, um, I guess it was the other day, but he really gave it to me this morning when I was outside, just praying and, um, being alone with the Lord. Uh, I just kept during prayer time. I kept, it's just me outside with the Lord. And I kept hearing breakthrough, breakthrough, breakthrough. And so I was like, okay, Lord, I know you're Wanted to tell me more about that. So I just looked up, you know, I just Googled, okay, uh, what are you wanting to show me, Lord, on breakthrough? And I got a couple of things, they're short, but I kept hearing God is the God of breakthroughs. He will come through in your situations, especially if you rest and wait on Him. We put our hope in Him who holds the universe. We trust in the one who is greater than anything we are facing right now. If God can speak life to the world in just six days, imagine what he can do in your season. Believe him on this, that he never fails. And once he promised that good things come to those who wait on him, then expect the good things. He can turn things around. Just wait on him. So then he gave me another thing. It was Second uh, Samuel and Second Samuel 5:20, First 1 Chronicles 14:11. They pretty much say the same thing, but this was talking about. Um, this had to do with David. It said, "And David came to." I don't, I can't say this word good, so I'm not going to try to say it. So you all look up the Bible verse. Came to the place, and David defeated them. And he said, The Lord has bust through my enemies before me like a busting flood. Therefore, the name of this place that I can't say, this place means busting breakthrough. Malachi 2.13, he who opens the breach goes up before them. They break through and pass the gate, going out by it. Their king passes on before them, the Lord at their head. So, Lord, we thank you that you are the God of breakthroughs. Even when we cannot see, feel, hear, or understand what's going on around us. Lord, when we are in the midst of turmoil and crisis and crazy situations that make no sense, Father God, you do in our situations just like what happened with David. Father God, you put David through so many circumstances and then in the end gave him the kingdom around him and in front of him to be the king over People, Father God that had once been his enemies and so Father God I thank you that you are the God of breakthrough I ask that you break through every situation in all of our lives Father God you are the only one that we can count on in these days and times when there's craziness going on in each person's life but we claim today that you are the God of breakthrough. Even when we don't see it, you are still working. And so, Father God, we thank you that our breakthrough, if it's not here, it's coming. Lord, in Jesus' name.
1: All right. So I had this prepared for last week, and then we prayed the whole time because we didn't have a 9-volt battery. (laughs) That story means something to people that were here, and you're going to think we're crazy if you weren't. Um, So, I've just had another week to stew on it a little bit, but I see how it ties into this week now better than last week, and I see what God was doing. But you got to bear with me a minute, and I promise when I start this out, this is not going to be a government-related sermon, but man, it's going to start out like one, okay? So, can you just trust me, okay? (laughs) No, no. (laughs) No. No, no, we're not going there. If I were to start out with the statement that our government is double-minded, what would you say? Would you agree? I just tossed you a softball. I've offended Chris, he's leaving. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. What if I were to say that some of our state and local governments, because I was talking about federal, what if I were to say that some of our state and local governments are double minded? What would you say? What if I added in church? What if I added in some preachers? And I said they were double minded, would you agree? Okay? I'm going to warn you, you better be careful answering these questions, yes, real quick, okay? There's a punchline. What if I were to say that many of our households, maybe even some represented here today, not anybody I'm looking at right now, but represented here today are double-minded, what would you say? I got one more. What if I said you or me were double-minded, what would you say? So we went through those levels, it's like federal government, yes, check. Local government, yeah, some, yeah, some for some. Churches, unfortunately, yes. Households, unfortunately, yes. I'd like to think not, but yes. But what happens when we take a look at ourselves? So maybe to fully answer those questions, maybe you don't know what the word double-minded means, so we need to address and define that. So, dictionary definition of double-minded means a wavering in mind. That's confusing. Marked by hypocrisy, okay? So, it sort of means when you're thinking a thought, but then maybe a minute later, you're thinking a totally opposite thought. You just had a wavering mind. Or maybe you say something, and a few minutes later, you say something totally different. You had a wavering in thought. Or maybe you say... This is what I'm going to do, but then your actions speak louder and you do something else. Okay? It's hypocrisy. Yes. He said, another example, if you tell someone to do something, but then you don't take your own advice and do it yourself. Okay? That's a dictionary definition. All right? So I think if we take a look at what that word means, we see how much it exists in our societies and within us, right? Maybe we would call it double-mindedness or we would call it a double standard. Anybody ever use those terms? Man, you got one standard for me, but you got a totally different standard for so-and-so, okay? Maybe we just call it two-faced. Maybe we just call it flat hypocrisy. So why are we talking about that this morning and why should you care? she went government. (laughs) Because I think it's so woven into our society, the fabric of our entire society, it's getting worse by the day. And I think it's so much so that we don't even see how bad it is. It's easy for me to look and see it in the government right now. It's easy for me to see it in some other people. But I think it's so prevalent right now, sometimes we forget to look inward and see it's in us too. So Paul says, our battle's not flesh and blood. Flesh and, flesh and blood. It's not flesh and blood. <laughs> Ephesians 6.12, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. So what if we define double-minded as not in a wavering of mind, but as plain, simple, and evil spirit? that's lying to you to give you an unwavering mind. I'm going to define it as the evil spirit that's confusing and manipulating people. Right? And it causes us to do some stupid things. I think we've got to be aware of it. We've got to be aware of what it is, where it is, and how to guard against it and how to pray against it. So what happened when COVID hit? Gosh, we're so sick of talking about COVID, right? But we can't because it's still there. So what happened? Fear. Fear ran rampant. And then fear of death snuck in. Oh, man, it really ran rampant. And then fear of man. Do you wear a mask? Do you not wear a mask? And you're like, why are we rehashing this again? Are we shutting down? Are we not shutting down? Are we staying home? Are we going out? But here's the thing. While everybody was so focused on this thing and fear, this thing called double-mindedness just snuck right in, and none of us saw it. Maybe we did, but a lot of us didn't. And don't get me wrong, it's been around for a long time, but I think it's really ramped up recently. We've got to know what it is because it is very destructive. It's very destructive for our churches. It's very destructive for our families. And by the way, how many of you know that Evil Spirits tag team? Anybody know that? Got a few. So who do you think is double mindedness best friend? I don't know this for a fact. It's not in Scripture. I'm just going on my hunch. Unbelief, that's a good one. <laughs> okay, we're not going there. <laughs> Scripture. <laughs> I'm going to say that double mindedness has a really good friend called manipulation. Okay? If the government, or some group, or a church, or somebody, or your spouse, or your friend, or your coworker, or your sibling can get your mind wavering, get you a little wishy-washy in your thoughts, going from one side to the other, it's pretty easy to manipulate your actions. Then, right? You guys still think I'm talking about the government, don't you? <laughs> Especially John. <laughs> <laughs> You take a stand. You take a stand on something. You take a stand in your family. And then everybody manipulates you to make you think you've done the wrong thing and you start questioning it. And next thing you know, you're wavering. Oh my gosh, I think I was listening to God to do the right thing, but everybody's against me. So maybe I step over here because I wasn't doing the right thing. I didn't hear right. Anybody deal with that? I'm not just talking about with COVID or a shot. I'm talking about in your families maybe with discipline this goes a whole lot deeper than the things we see in our society I don't know if I made the right decision next thing you know you're all double-minded you're all over the place and you can't make a decision or you're changing decisions and I'm not saying if you realize you've done something wrong you shouldn't change it that's what repentance is all about I'm talking about when somebody steps in to manipulate your thoughts there's something happening in our society right now specifically our government we're back to government that many don't see but it's happening right in front of our eyes did if you notice that they tell us what's going to happen before it happens does anybody stop to just realize they tell you what's going to happen before it happens january 2020 there's going to be lockdowns coming did anybody take it seriously how did they know two months before something was coming? I told you to be patient with me. It's still on a government track. <laughs> January or February of 2020, we were told mass shutdowns are coming. Many of us ignored it, and then what happened? People freaked out. Got two words for you to prove it. Toilet paper. Okay? Okay. Summer of 2020, the government told us uh, COVID was going to ramp up to dangerous levels again in the fall. Everybody freaked out again. This year, we were told a new variant was coming that would be much worse than the first two. And it did. You see what's happening? We're being told things before it happens, and we think they're taking care of us. You still think I'm going government here, don't you? <laughs> We talked about something joking this morning that was in my notes. They're telling us right now in October that we're not going to have Christmas presents. That's right. Maybe we'll now get our arms around what Christmas was originally supposed to be about the birth of our Savior Jesus Christ, which, by the way, did not happen in December. You know that, right? You know, like he said, Christmas. Anyway, we're, we're not going there. The point is... How do they know this? How do they know this is not going to happen? How do they know? But who's falling for it? This one might hurt a little bit. How many people are going out and buying Christmas presents right now that normally don't buy them this early? Uh, Sorry, didn't mean to offend you. (laughs) They're going to make sure they celebrate the pagan holiday. (laughs) I could go on and on and on. The point is the manipulation is going on right in front of our face, and we don't even see it because we caved to fear, and we've allowed so much training for double-mindedness to be the new norm. The new norm is not mask and distancing, and vaccinations, and shots, and all that. The new norm is double-mindedness and manipulation, and we've got to have our eyes open to this. Anybody see what's going on at colleges and schools nationwide? Knox County, because of four families, every child has to wear a mask. If they don't wear a mask, they are sent to the gym to detention. If it happens two or three times, I don't know the number, they get out-of-school suspension. If they get caught with it as much as below their nose, I don't know. But here's the crazy thing. When the school day's finished and it's time for football practice, it all goes away. I mean, it's been a few years since I played football, and I really wasn't that good. But I remember sweat and snot, spit, and all kinds of things in my face hitting somebody face to face, right? But it's okay. It's not dangerous there. It's only dangerous in the classroom. If you don't see that as double-mindedness, please wake up. College, I love the University of Tennessee, even when they suck, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was one of the ones taking a screenshot when we were up last night going, at least we were up at some point. And I'm writing vaccine exemption letters for college students to keep them from getting kicked out of college But last Saturday night, 102,000-plus people were in Nealon Stadium, no checking for vaccinations, no mask, because it's okay there. That's right. That's right. Amen. They've already got their students money. That's right. And at that football game, they need the ticket revenue and the beer revenue and the merchandise revenue and the food revenue, right, and the mustard. Okay? Double-mindedness is rampant in our world. We say one thing, we do another, and it happens back-to-back. It happens when the bell rings at the end of the day. Speaking of schools, is there any young children in here that probably, I think everyone's okay to hear this. Speaking of schools, we need to accept homosexuality and transgender, right? Okay, that was a facetious question in case somebody logs in and only listens to that one statement. Because we got to do that to love those children, okay? To love them and make them feel included, we have to accept them. But did you hear a story that came out of Loudoun County, Virginia last week? Loudoun County, Virginia is just one state away. In May of 2021, there was a boy that has decided he's a girl. He's going to identify as a girl. So he wears a skirt to school, and he goes into the women's restroom, and he raped a nine-year-old girl. And guess what? The school system covered it up. I know, I know, buddy. It happened in May, Ninth grade. Hang on, there's more of this story. But if we care so much about people's feelings, why don't we care about her feelings and her family's feelings? Okay, there's more of the story. No sexual assault incident report filed, and in June, the dad of the girl went to a school board meeting to complain. Now, I'm going to say at school board meeting is lucky he didn't come in there with a gun killing people right better man than most of us and he got arrested and taken to jail the dad why because he was unruly but see here's the problem everybody's got video cameras now on their cell phones the video footage came out so now they can't cover it up anymore so they got to talk about it because this happened in may and june Here's what happened. The video footage comes out, and he was arguing face-to-face with a gay rights person. The gay rights person was egging him on verbally. He responded verbally, and he got arrested, but she did Double-mindedness <laughs> gets worse. What about the ninth-grade skirt-wearing boy? To cover this up, they put him in another school, and he did it again. And it was covered up until they couldn't cover it up anymore. And now school board members are resigning left and right. <laughs> I don't have but so much time today, okay, John? <laughs> but all this was done to protect this young man's rights and his freedoms, right? My concern is there's a whole two-faced, double-minded double standard society that has just let this happen. Because guess what, people are defending him. I wanna go here with something unplanned. This week, a woman was raped on a Philadelphia train. And people videoed it. And no one stepped in to help her. And you know what the news covered it as? What have we done to get to this point that people would abuse people what in the heck happened to why aren't we knocking the crap out of this guy and getting him off of her but see they didn't go there the guy's fine that did it he's in jail now but the problem that the media is covering is why have we allowed people to get to this point not what did he do is that i mean it's it's complete craziness so why am i talking about this in church thank you. If we don't talk about the evil around us, how in the world are we going to know the difference between good and evil if it's sneaking in like this and we don't even know it's happening? And by the way, I can sit up here for hours and give you stories. It's crazy what's going on in our world right now. Ephesians five eleven through 14 says, take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. Paul says it's our job to expose this stuff. And here's my concern. If we don't talk about this in church and get prepared for how to fight this and pray against it, who's going to do it? Because the people on the subway didn't do it. They videoed it. Blows my mind. Paul says it's shameful even to talk about the things that ungodly people do in secret but their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them, for the light makes everything visible. That's why we're talking about it in church. Our job as Christians is to be a light and to expose darkness. And there are so many churches right now, and I talk to pastors all the time, and they will not touch this stuff because it doesn't spread joy, hope, love, and and, and it does nothing to bring somebody to Christ. Well, guess what? All of us who have come to Christ need to know how to fight the evil in our world. our our fight's not against our government it's not against the kid wearing a skirt it's not against the guy on the subway it's against evil spirits that are controlling these people we're supposed to be the light as followers of jesus and jesus has given us a task through paul's words to stay away from evil and darkness but expose it when it happens ah but being a light in a dark world means all this mushy gushy stuff right Being a light, if you're going to be a good Christian, you just accept and love everyone who's doing evil because that's what Jesus would do. I hear that all the time. I went to a pastor's lunch, and I asked people, what are you talking about? How are you talking about Well, I don't want to offend my congregation. So we just talk about how we need to love these people in this dark time. Paul said expose these people in this dark time. Don't get me wrong. We are supposed to love, and I hope that's what we're going to do always with each other and with people that treat us wrong but we also have to be watching and exposing things. It's a balance, and it's tough. You want some more double standards? From 2020 until now, there have been five times as many child suicides as there are child COVID deaths. Five times. Five times as many child suicides ages 5 to 11 than there are COVID deaths. But as of this week, the push is to get your 5 to 11 year old vaccinated. Okay. Are you going to get them a counselor too? If we got all this free money we're throwing around, don't you want to go after the real problem? Where's the outrage and protection for our children? And I could go on and on and on and on. Oh, like our willingness to allow an unborn baby to be killed justified by calling people that won't get a shot a murder, which I got called to my face, well, through Facebook, it's face, you know, I got called a murderer, I obviously don't love people and don't, shouldn't call myself a Christian, because I didn't get vaccinated, we don't have enough time to go through all the examples, but I got one more, because this is a doozy, The weather was so bad last week, two weeks ago, that Southwest Airlines had to cancel their flights. But no other airline had the same weather problem. (laughs) And there was no weather. Instead of just being honest that their pilots went on strike against a vaccine. But in the complete spirit of double-mindedness that runs rampant in our society, this week they removed their vaccine mandate after they realized that the weather could be so daggum bad. I'm being facetious. In other words, holy crap, we lost revenue. A lot of revenue. All of a sudden, the weather cleared up. Everybody talked about the weather. Nobody's talking about the fact they released their, uh, or or, or relieved their their mandates. (laughs) It's our world. What about our churches, though? It's in our churches. It's in our churches big time. And I know you're in this church. But when I say it's in our churches, I'm talking about believers. And believers will try to manipulate us to be wavering in our minds. So we have to be aware of this. I'm called to be your shepherd. What's a shepherd's role? Protect sheep. Protect sheep from what? Wolves, wild animals. So if I was a shepherd and I didn't tell the sheep about the wolves roaming right outside the flock, I'd be a bad shepherd, right? Because the sheep would get eaten by wolves. And that's why I'm talking about it in church, because we need to be aware of the evil that's around us, the new standard, the new norm, and you need to be protected. If it's offensive and not what you want to hear from the pulpit, there's plenty of double-minded churches you can go to. And get your little tickled ears tickled. (laughs) Jacob said what? There's a scripture when Paul said there will become a time when people will only want to hear what tickles their ears. They will only want to hear good stuff. Don't get me wrong. I am not asking you to leave. I'm not telling. I'm begging you to be here. At the same time, I'm not going to allow double mindedness to ruin something special God's doing because it's happening in the pulpit, a friend of mine sent me a uh, sermon, and he's a well-known preacher, and I'm not going to say his name, preacher of a big church, He's preaching about a woman who came to Jesus in Luke 7. It says her sins were many. She was basically a town prostitute. Her sins were many. So Jesus, let me set the stage. Jesus is having dinner with a Pharisee but if you combine the two gospels, Matthew and Luke together, you find out that Jesus had healed this Pharisee from leprosy. You know, you read two different accounts. You get two different pieces of data. It's kind of like if Norm and I went and saw a movie, we might give you a different take on what we saw there, right? It doesn't mean either of us is wrong. It just means that we saw it through different lens. So Matthew says, by the way, this is a guy named Simon that Jesus healed from leprosy. And Luke says, this is a Pharisee named Simon But this woman comes in and she pours this very expensive oil on Jesus' feet. And the disciples got upset about it because they thought it was wasteful and they could feed the poor. But Simon got upset because he said, this woman's a nasty sinner. She's got a lot of sins. But Jesus forgave her because Jesus used that as a story to say, who's going to be more appreciative of getting their sins forgiven? Somebody like Jason that sinned a lot? Or somebody like the Pharisee that hadn't sinned a lot. The woman, right? So this pastor says, that's the church we want to be. And I agree with him 100%. I want to be the church that compassionately walks through you and with you in the darkest moments of your life to receive freedom in Jesus. But here's the twist in the story. He said, I had a guy come up to me and he said, preacher, how do you handle conflict in your church? Do you follow the Matthew 18 model? Matthew 18 model is the words of Jesus, and he says, if someone sinned against you, you go to them and talk to them. And if you don't win them over, you take a witness. And if you don't win them over with that, you take it in front of the church. And the same preacher that says yes to showing mercy to this girl says, we ain't using the Matthew 18 model. What do you think we're going to do? You think we're just going to call, start calling people out in front of the church? That's double-minded. Yeah, buddy. right right but it's double-minded to say i'm going to do what jesus said right here but in the same sermon he said but we're going to discount and throw away what jesus said over here and this is a mega church in the southeast united states jesus said if someone's deliberately sinning get them out and i always want to preface that statement with the love and grace that we're supposed to show to people. And if you know me, I do my best to show love and grace to people who have run all over us. So please don't mishear this, that I'm saying, oh, looking for everything you're doing wrong? Get out of here. No, because your sins will be forgiven just like that nasty woman. But at the same time, we've got to follow what Jesus said over here that's a balance, and we can't be double-minded. The lady that anointed his feet she came to him repentive i messed up i'm a dirty bad person jesus forgive me this other scenario is when someone's not repentive and they're causing trouble and they're not repentive you see the difference there's rules for one scenario when someone's repentant you forgive the heck out of them but when you're over here and they're not repentant you get away from them before they ruin the whole batch a little bit of yeast ruins the whole batch But that's not what he said. He said, going to do one but not the other. You can't take the grace of Jesus and throw out the repentance and change he requires. There's a balance. And Satan's going, I'm in the government. I'm in the churches. (laughs) The great deceiver. Doing it in our society, our churches, our homes, our hearts. So, number one, I want you to recognize how much is happening around you. But I want you to start looking inside, evaluating yourself, making sure it's not happening to you, to me, and then we got to learn how to deal with this. So James, James had something to say about double-mindedness. James 1.8, the NIV says, such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. Who is such a person? We got to go there because he says, such a person is double-minded. Who is that person? before we go there, I want to give you a different translation that defines what double-mindedness means by James. The NLT says their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are unstable in everything they do. So the NIV says they're double-minded. The NLT says they're divided between God and the world. So the way James dis- devi- deci- or defines double-mindedness is got a, a <laughs> sorry, a dividedness between God and the world, okay? And I know this is a little tough right now, but I'm going to explain it. Let's back up to see who James is talking about. In James 1, 2, it says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds. We know the scripture. We've read it many times. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, this is where he starts to define this who he's talking to, who the such people are. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. When you believe, I'm sorry, when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. Because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable. So James isn't talking about our corrupt government, or our corrupt school systems, or our double standards, or misguided preachers. He's talking about you and me when we ask God for something and we doubt what we get. Or that we could get it. He says, if you ask for wisdom, if you lack wisdom, ask for it. If you ask, believe. This is where it just got personal. Doubt is a sign of double-mindedness. See, it's easy to look out there at what the government's doing and all these other people and how double standards and hypocrisy and all that, but if you simply doubt. We pray for healing today. If you doubt, it's double-mindedness. We can't doubt. If we ask God for it, it says two or more believers ask for it. It will be done. But we can't doubt because if we doubt, there's double-mindedness. James 4.8. See, James gets ahead about three chapters. He comes back to the topic. It says, come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Who's he talking about here? Because he says double-mindedness shows an unclean heart. He's just talked about people who have pride. So doubt, which is tied to worry, which is tied to lots of other problems, fear, all that. Pride, these things make us double-minded. They separate us from God. James defines double-mindedness as God versus the world. Doubt is the world faith is god worry is the world faith is god are you picking up on this this is where it gets personal for us. it's easy for us to see what everybody else is doing wrong but what are we doing what are we doing do we believe and are we searching for humility because if you only look at the people around you or the government or your friends or your spouse and you don't look inward by definition that's double-minded hypocrisy (laughs) So how do we avoid double-mindedness? And what do we do with it when we see it? Because this is kind of the key part. We do two things. A, pray. And I'm going to show you how to do that. B, anybody got their Bible? Hold up your Bible if you brought a Bible today. It's okay, you can hold up your phone. How much do you read it? Did you know that if you read your Bible for 12 minutes a day, you could read the whole Bible in a year? But the average American spends two hours on social media a day. If you actually spent two hours a day reading your Bible, you could read the Bible in one month. I see all this double-minded hypocrisy out there. Oh, crap, i got to read the Bible. I'm going to tell you, you need to immerse yourself in God's Word. This is an unprecedented time that we're living in. I know your parents told you that one day, some of you people that are of my generation. So bad now compared to what it used to be. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, this is unprecedented what we're in right now. When it becomes okay for a boy to wear a skirt girl in a girl's bathroom and rape a girl and get pushed to another school to hide it, and it ain't in California or New York, it's in little old Virginia, that's evil. Read your Bible, and don't tell me you don't have time, because I watch your social media. On average, Americans spend four hours a day watching videos on their phone. What? Four hours? Two hours on social media. Man, you could read your Bible in half a month. Ah, but it's boring. Yeah, well, guess what? If you want to know how to fight double mindedness and hypocrisy and not have doubt, you better read this stinking thing you got in your hand. Shouldn't be boring. It's not that we don't have time. It's that we don't have, reading the Bible is like an important thing for us. Because I'll just show up and listen to the preacher, and he'll tell me everything I need to know. But what happens when that preacher doesn't have a freaking clue what he's talking about? Like the guy in South Carolina talking to 40,000 people being double-minded is all get out. Just saying. talked about this before in this room, and I was reminded about it. Somebody, somebody over the last week mentioned this, and it just reminded me. Does anybody know how the FBI studies how to counterfeit, studies or uh, identifies counterfeit money? Ooh. So there's thousands of potential counterfeit things out there, and the FBI is very double-minded right now. Side note. Only studies the real so much they can spot the fake. Nobody told me that preacher's sermon was double-minded. I had to study the real to spot the fake. And I probably miss it a lot, but this kid sends me this message that says, listen to it, tell me what you think. And I listened to it, and it drove me nuts. And I called him, and I was like, man, it's taking me two or three days to process this, but I think this is wrong. You've got to study the real so you can spot the fake, okay? You've got to study the Word of God so much that you recognize the fake. Don't rely on me or Wendy or another pastor, because I might say something today that's wrong. I hope it'll be unintentional, but it's possible. I've stood up here before and said, man, I would have taught this this way four or five years ago, and I was wrong. I understand it differently now. But you've got to be reading it so you can help point that out. So I don't become double-minded on accident. Now maybe you understand why in September we started a daily reading plan. If you're not doing it, start today, tomorrow, please. Just go to the app, website, whatever, go to Daily Encouragements and start on the first day. You don't have to be with us up to date. Just follow it. It tells you on each of those what the scripture is. And there's some encouragement. I don't care if you listen to the encouragement or not. Read the Bible. <laughs> I'm about to say something pretty harsh. It's the last harsh thing I'm going to say today. If you talk about what the Bible says and you ain't reading it, that's double-minded. Whew. Man, I've been guilty about that. I have said things that I know were in the Bible my whole life, and I went and actually read the dang thing and went, Son of a gun, that ain't even in there. Second thing, we got to pray. We got to be able to spot the counterfeit, and then we got to pray. You got to read the Bible to know the difference, then you got to pray. Here's how I do it. If I see it, I bind up a spirit of double-mindedness in the name of Jesus. Boom, pray. I bind up a spirit of doubt. When we're praying over Trinity this morning, the first thing I did was bind up a spirit of doubt. That's for me and all of you, too. I'm not saying I spotted it. I'm just saying I know it could be there. So I'm just going to go ahead and knock it out. I bind up a spirit of fear. I'm giving you simple prayers. I bind up a spirit of pride in the name of Jesus. I bind up a spirit of hypocrisy. When you see, you know the real, you see the fake, pray against the fake. Okay? Simple. Simple. Read your Bible, pray against the fake. Everybody can do that, right? Here's the cool thing. You don't have to be perfect in this. That's what grace is all about. When you fail, you know, I failed some trying to tell what the Bible said. I'm not going back trying to fix all that. I'm relying on Jesus' grace that I was trying. And he was so graceful to just pull me along. I fell short. I messed up. He expects us to learn, to change, repent. He does not expect us to be perfect. We're supposed to be an army. An army trains and fights, and it's time for us to train more and fight. Not a person, not our government, not the local schools, the spiritual battle around us. You can ask any man that I counsel and I tell them, pray against these evil spirits. And if they do, God moves. But my wife won't let me pray over it. I don't care. I didn't tell you to pray with your wife. I told you to pray against the evil spirits affecting your wife. And then two months later, hey, it worked. Yeah, I know. Keep doing it. So, guys, I'm begging you, get in the Word. Not because it's religious and it's just what you're supposed to do, be a good churchy person, because I want you to be able to spot the counterfeit, and I want you to help me spot it. Don't rely on me. (laughs) I've already been called out on some of my daily encouragements. I've gotten a lot of encouragement, but I've been called out on a few things I said. I didn't say I was necessarily wrong. I just said I got called out. It made me go dig deeper to continue to look for the real, okay? So I'm going to pray for us at the end this morning. Father, Help us to see the double-mindedness all around us. Help us to see it and pray against it. Help us to see the doubt and pray against it. Help us to see the worry and pray against it. Help us to have a hunger for your word. Help us to fight the counterfeit lie that your word is boring. Help us to fight the counterfeit lie that I can't understand your word. Father, help us to do something simple to read your word, to learn about you, to learn about what you want, and to pray against the evil we see. Not just complain about it. We're really good at complaining about it, but are we praying against it? Are we stopping to pray? And Father, right now, I lift up those little girls in Virginia. All I've heard is talk about what happened, but I've not heard anyone yet say, I'm praying for those girls. Father, we lift those girls up to you and ask for healing, Lord. And I lift up their families to you and ask for healing. I can't imagine what that dad was going through when he showed up that night. And saw that evil face to face. But Father, give them the strength to fight the evil, not a human fight. Father, be with that boy. And bring him to repentance. He deserves you as much as anybody. So Father, as we see this evil, help us pray against it and help us pray for the human. Against the evil spirit, but for the human. Father, we love you and we want to serve you. We're begging you to help us fight, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.